Welcome to the latest episode of the Real World Nutrition Podcast. This is episode 125, Understanding Heart Disease and Knowing Your Heart Disease Risk Factors. Hi everyone, welcome to the latest episode. I am Shelly Rael, registered dietitian, host and founder of Real World Nutrition. Now, as I'm recording this, we are rounding out or getting ready to end February. Actually, it's not the end of February as I'm recording this, but it'll drop near the end of February. So I could not ignore that February is American Heart Month. And over on my blog, on my website, realworldnutrition.co, there has been a blog post twice a week addressing various aspects of heart disease, heart risk factors, what you can do to minimize your risk, as well as signs and symptoms of various forms of heart disease. Now, I bring this up because there is so much that people don't know about heart disease and don't realize their risk for heart disease. So bottom line here, I've done several presentations this month related to heart health and If you have a heart, your risk for heart disease exists. There's many things that contribute to heart disease. And it's not just the classic heart attack. I don't know if I'd say that's classic, but heart attack that people tend to think of when it comes to heart disease. So first, I want to talk about what is heart disease and then some of the risk factors related to heart disease. So one of the things I bring up, and I do this every, every February, but I also do it year round. It's just remind people all the time that don't assume that your risk of heart disease is very low or non-existent because you don't have a family history of heart disease, that you're active, or that, you're eat, that you eat healthy because there are so many things that can contribute to heart disease. Now, I say this, our heart, like many things in our body, our heart never takes a day off or even a minute or even a second. So as it gets older, it is more prone to disease and other complications, but it's vulnerable to all sorts of diseases. So one of the most common forms of heart disease is what is called coronary artery disease. And this is where fatty deposits build up and potentially clog the arteries, restricting blood flow. So I often give the example of this is think of a highway or a road under construction and your arteries are like the highway. And the fatty deposits that occur is a lane closure. But I say for no good reason. It's like you see a lane closure and you're like, why did they close this lane? So the fatty deposits are like a lane closure. So it's narrowed the roadway or narrowed where blood can go in your blood vessel. And the same amount still needs to get through. And then imagine if there's an accident where that road narrows or where the the road closure is. That can be a potential problem. That accident would be like a blood clot or a bigger piece of fat or plaque that is broken off and it can shut down blood flow altogether. So this is what happens in 
the arteries, the blood vessels around your body that can potentially happen. Now, genetics can play a role. However, lifestyle choices such as eating foods high in fiber and unsaturated fats, staying active, and avoiding smoking can help keep our arteries clear, or more clear, I should say, and our hearts and those arteries healthy and can minimize those fatty deposits. Now, those fatty deposits occur throughout life, and depending on how active we are and how we eat, can affect how fast or how slowly those deposits build up. Now, another form of heart disease is high blood pressure, which is often silent or unknown until it reaches dangerous levels, and that can pose another significant health threat. So it's like having too much pressure in a water hose and the nozzle isn't open think of that. So the nozzle of the hose isn't open, but the water's on. And so the pressure is building up in that hose. Now, some people may have a genetic predisposition to high blood pressure. And it is expected to increase as we age. But even if you don't have risk or high blood pressure now, you can take steps of minimizing it later in life. So first things first, start with ensuring you get plenty of fruits and vegetables. And by doing this, it naturally helps reduce sodium in the diet and the key here and increases potassium intake. And then I tell people, make sure you stay physically active and practice stress relief techniques. Blood pressure, you can have this checked when you go to the doctor or a clinic but most people can have who have high blood pressure don't often know they have high blood pressure until they're told by a healthcare provider they have it. And then there's the prospect of heart attacks or what is called an MI or a myocardial infarction. And this occurs when the blood flow to the heart is blocked. So there's arteries that surround the heart. So not just does blood flow within the heart, that's the whole job of the heart, but there's small arteries around the heart that fuel that heart muscle and nourish that heart muscle. So the heart pumps the blood, but it also needs the blood. So like the coronary artery disease that I mentioned, this blockage is often due to a plaque buildup and it can have devastating consequences and contribute to tissue death of the heart. And again, as we age and family history can increase the risk, but adopting a heart-healthy lifestyle with a balanced diet, a balanced diet, I should say, high in plant foods, healthy fats, and managing blood cholesterol along with regular exercise can significantly lower the chances of experiencing a heart attack. Now, I also want to address that heart health isn't just about major events like heart attacks. It can be other factors such as irregular heart rhythms or what is called arrhythmias, and this can disrupt the normal heart function. So I say, imagine being out of sync with something and things are not going quite right. You get out of beat or out of tune, for example. Well, this can happen to the heart. And if the rhythm of the heart gets out of sync, 
some things can go off. Now, some arrhythmias are present at birth and others can develop due to factors like infections or other underlying health conditions. Now, with medical intervention, including medications or specialized procedures, arrhythmias can often be managed effectively. So this is often less a lifestyle-related heart condition and more related to medical management. So making sure things are addressed properly. Additionally, there's conditions like heart valve disorders and congenital defects. This is something that we're born with, we could be born with. Those would fall under those, that umbrella of heart disease. And these structural abnormalities, as I said, could be present at birth or develop over time due to various factors. So these things are not usually lifestyle-related and advancements in medical technology offer treatment options ranging from medication to surgical interventions that can help people affected by these conditions. So when it comes to heart health, understanding risk factors is crucial. So family history is important, age and sex, so whether your birth sex is male or female, are more significant determinants of risk. And the older we get, the higher the risk. Men are more likely to develop heart disease at a younger age than women, but the risk for women increases after menopause. So whether male or female, as I said earlier, if you have a heart, you have risk. And then here's key here, certain medical conditions like diabetes and obesity, as well as other lifestyle factors, such as a sedentary lifestyle, a poor diet, meaning a diet high in added sugars, added sodium, and solid fats can further elevate the risk of heart disease. So one of the things I say is learning, they're recognizing, I should say, that heart disease is a cluster of conditions and learning the risk factors and taking proactive measures can help us protect our heart health and reduce the likelihood of cardiovascular disease. So now I wanna talk about some of those risk factors that you can address as it relates to your heart disease risk. So knowing your risk factors and not just knowing your risk factors, but understanding them can help you better manage your health. So I always tell people, you can ignore your risk all you want. You can ignore signs and symptoms all you want, but that doesn't mean they will go away. So when it comes to risk factors, first things I want to address is what I say, the cards you've been dealt, the non-modifiable risk factors. So you can't change things like your age and your family history. You can lie about your age all you want, but your body knows the truth. Or more specifically, even if your face doesn't know the truth, your blood vessels know the truth. And as much as you may want to disown your family, those genetics still own you to a certain extent. Family history is just one piece of the puzzle when it comes to risk. So it's like having a heads up and helps you make informed choices, ideally healthier choices. 
So genetics is not a life sentence, nor is it your destiny. So no, no, no need to just shrug your shoulders, say, meh, it is what it is. I'll just drink and smoke and eat beef tallow all the time. It's, I also say, don't think you're in the clear because you don't have family history. You have control over a lot more, which can move the needle in either direction. So what you have control of or the modifiable risk factors, these are the things you have the power to change if you want. All right, first things first, smoking. Seriously, if, if you're still lighting up, still smoking, still vaping, I should say too, or want to include that, it's time to just stop. And I know people say, oh, it's harder to kick than heroin. It's harder to kick than this or that. Well, lots of people have gotten off of those drugs too. Lots of people have stopped smoking. There's plenty of tools available. And even though it's easier said than done, your heart needs you to stop. Plenty of people have successfully quit, as I've said. Smoking damages your blood vessels, or more specifically, nicotine damages your blood vessels, raises your blood pressure, and increases your risk of heart disease and stroke. There are so many resources out there to help you quit. Don't stop looking. And I mentioned this briefly. Regardless of what you smoke or how you deliver the nicotine, you've got to stop it. So vaping isn't better, or people say, well, I smoke cannabis. I have no issue with the cannabis. It's the smoking that's the challenge. All right, next up, blood pressure and cholesterol, or high blood pressure and high cholesterol. So these two measures, these two things that we look at, and cholesterol is actually four things we look at, these can wreak havoc on your heart if they're out of range, even if you don't know it. So many people can have high blood pressure. People can have what we call dyslipidemia or cholesterol levels that are not in the right ranges or appropriate ranges. So it's crucial to keep tabs on them. High blood pressure puts added strain on your heart and arteries, while high cholesterol or more specifically, high LDL cholesterol, low HDL cholesterol, or a combination of those two, can lead to plaque buildup in your arteries, increasing your risk of heart attack and stroke. And so here's where I say, you know what to do. I've told you this many times for so many different things. Eat vegetables, get fiber, move, 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 and get checked. You can ignore it all you want, but your body can't. Sometimes it's okay to take medications. I know a lot of people, actually a lot of times it's okay to take medications. And a lot of people who resist medications, but really if it's going to help you get those numbers in check, get started on them and then work with a dietitian or somebody to help you with your dietary approaches for this. There's plenty of dietary approaches to help with these numbers. And I always say this because people get worried. You don't have to give up red meat. Now, next up, diabetes. Diabetes. If you have diabetes, guess what? 
you have heart disease. Heart disease is the leading cause of death in people with diabetes. And people push back on this. They're like, no, I have diabetes. I don't have heart disease. Yes, you do. Keeping your blood sugar in check is critical. So loading up on fiber-rich foods, like plants, like whole grains, fruits, veggies, nuts, seeds, beans, keeping your portions appropriate. And you've heard this one, get moving. Small changes can lead to big wins. And then the last thing here I want to do, say related to risk, obesity. And I want to make it very clear, I'm not here to shame anyone's body. And we need to consider all sides of heart disease risk. Carrying extra weight can put added strain on your heart. So focus on nourishing your body with those foods that I mentioned. Move daily, practice self-love, and make sure you have your blood pressure and cholesterol checked and checked for diabetes. And the combination of all those things together are what increases risk. So obesity by itself without those other things, or I should say if blood pressure is in a good place, cholesterol is in a good place, blood sugars are in a good place, and this isn't relative, there are absolutes there, you could still be healthy with excess weight. And we want to take the whole picture into account. So some people will look at people who have obesity and assume they're unhealthy all around. So we have to take into consideration all of these things, as well as people who are thin or a so-called healthy weight can have high blood pressure, can have abnormal cholesterol levels. So talk to your healthcare provider, including a registered dietitian nutritionist who can support you, answer questions every step of the way, whether it's addressing your diabetes, whether it's addressing your cholesterol, addressing your blood pressure, and even addressing your weight. Knowing your risk factors can help you take charge of your health, make those small changes, and reduce your overall risk of heart disease. So here's the five things I want you to focus on for your overall risk. If you smoke, start by quitting. Schedule regular checkups with your healthcare provider to monitor your blood pressure and cholesterol levels. And this proactive approach can help you catch any potential issues early on. Incorporate more physical activity into your daily routine. You want to aim for at least 30 minutes of moderate intensity exercise most days of the week. And this could be a brisk walk, a bike ride, or even a dance class. Number four, focus on those healthier food choices, fruits, vegetables, whole grains, lean proteins, and limit your intake of processed foods, highly processed foods, sugary snacks, and high fat meals. And number five, prioritize stress management and self-care into your daily life. So this can be meditation, yoga, journaling, spending time with loved ones or without loved ones, depending on what stresses you, find ways to relax and unwind. And this can do wonders for your heart health. All right, so that is my overview of heart disease and heart disease risk factors. That is really what I have to say for this 
edition of the Real World Nutrition Podcast and addressing American Heart Month. You can head on over to the blog. As I mentioned earlier, all my blog posts for the month of February posted every Tuesday and Thursday are or were related to heart disease and heart health. So I cover many aspects of this from signs and symptoms to some common myths and misperceptions, a specific post about dietary approaches, a specific post about exercise approaches. So that's just a lot of information. That was eight different blog posts related to heart health that could be a four-hour podcast here. So I just want to mention that. Head over to the link in the show notes for where you can find all that information to learn more about your heart health. And that is this week's episode of Real World Nutrition. Take care of yourself and your heart. Bye for now.